Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of the DJ Sessions Presents the Virtual Sessions. I'm your host, Darren, and right now I'm sitting in the virtual studios in Seattle, Washington, and coming in all the way from St. Louis, we have Harry the Big Dog with the interview show. Harry, how you doing today? I am good. How are you today? I'm, I'm doing, I, I, you know, tech, all tech, tech, tech things aside, I am doing pretty dang good. <laughs> Weather's good. I'm feeling good. Keyboard is not feeling so good. <laughs> uh, the tech, the tech gods are not with you today, huh? Ah, uh, they're they're half and half today. But you know, it's 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 always something in the studio, you know, that can go wrong. But uh, suffice to say, it, it, it's new keyboard day. Mm. <laughs> ah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So. You're coming in from St. Louis, and you do a show called the DJ Interview. Is that correct? Correct. It's correct. Awesome. So tell us the premise. What's the what's the what's the what's the um, premise of that show? What do you do? Bas basically, the show is about DJs, and I want DJs to tell their story before somebody else tells their story. There is. You know, us DJs were it back in a day, and somehow it just faded to nothing. Where we don't get that respect without the DJs, music don't get played. Yeah, <laughs> Spotify, Spotify, all of them. You know, they play music, but they don't mix music. They don't break music like we do. Mm -hmm. Absolutely, absolutely. I've been. Uh in the nightlife scene myself for oh about 32 years now nice and uh i mean growing up as a kid getting into clubs at 16 years old and it wasn't really i mean i didn't understand i knew that djs got behind the dj booth djs played music when i was a kid but they weren't the focal point necessarily of the event or stages weren't built out for them at, at that there were not where I was at in Seattle. Right. There were some clubs, but it wasn't like they weren't the superstar. I mean, the first first nightclub I went to, the DJ was up in a booth up in the corner. <laughs> Nobody even the seen floor them. And see what was going on, but you didn't really see the booth and what was going on. Right. The dance when the club was what was going on, and then you know the first rave that I ever went to, the DJ was kind of up in these big rafters, up in like almost <laughs> thirty feet up in the air. <laughs> looking down over the floor doing their thing. So, you know, as I progressed in, mm -hmm. in more and more nightclubbing, the DJ became more and more of that spectacle on stage performer that we saw. And this is, I mean, 96. Well, no, I mean, we're going back to 92, 93, 94, 95, mm -hmm. 96. Up until 96, 97, that DJ did start you know, sometimes they'd be put off in the corner, right? You know, but then then the the stage presence DJ started to kind of make its way in around '97, mm -hmm. and um, you know, but now, then again, technology wasn't there. There was right. What did we use to listen to music? There was there inter music online. There was no iTunes. There was no iPod. I mean, it we was still the DJ have with vinyl records and and, and yeah. tapes and everything. Yeah, C so I mean, CDs was out the time you're talking about. Yep, but I'm and I'm talking about way back from 
in the seventies with yeah. the in, in New York. Now I'm I'm from New York, uh, in the Bronx, where hip hop was born. <laughs> we claiming oh, yeah. that. <laughs> yeah. And the DJ was it. The DJ was the focal point at all the street jams, in the parks. The DJ was it, and then it started to shift to where, like you're saying, the DJ was now up in the booth and not not really being seen. Mm-hmm. And then the MCs came out, and, and they started to take over. Mm-hmm. Now, is your show, does it primarily focus on just hip-hop music or rap, no. or is it focused on any style of genre? Any, any style of DJing. Awesome. Any style. And you have guests on. How often do you produce an episode? How often does an episode come out? I just started back yesterday to, as of today of this taping. Yesterday I came back for another season, episode ninety. Yeah. So congratulations. I oh thank you. What what I attempt to do, and I had to take a little hiatus because you know you know as well this thing can burn you out. This whole interview thing. So. I took a little hiatus and came back, like I said, yesterday as of the airing of this episode that we're doing right now. And I go on Tuesdays at 8-ish Eastern time. Okay. Okay. (laughs) Awesome. And are those live interviews or are those? Yes. All of them are live. Awesome. All of them are live. We just recently switched over after years of doing pre-recorded interviews. I mean, unless we were in the studio and the person was just live and we had the DJs playing in the studio and we were streaming live. Um, but we just started doing this live interview format um, probably in the last three months. And I love it. Yes. Uh, it, 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 you, you, know, you see the media action. So, um, one of my boys mm-hmm. is saying, you know, Harry the Big Dog, Eden World Projects is where I am. I'm from. <laughs> What's up? That's instant. I, yeah, love the, uh, I love the live aspect of this. Exactly. And that's one of the things that I fell in love with after going from public access television, working on a hip hop show back in 92 to about 2000, going into broadcast television, coming into podcasting in 2005, and then getting into live streaming around 2007, but fully fledged live streaming in 2009. You know, the interactivity that you can get right there. Here we go. Because it was combined with the socials. So, like, right now, you got this going out on your Facebook. You've paired our stream to your Facebook channel to make it go out. Even we can give uh, Justin Hodge. Give a shout out to Justin Hodge. Bro! Jason. Jason. Oh, Jason. I'm sorry, Jason. I read that too fast. Jason Hodge. Jason. Bro! You know, we can bring that right into the show, and it's live. And that was one of the things that got me hooked into live streaming but everything we do on the back end is a podcast series you know everything we do goes up to you know itunes spotify anchor iheart all the you know like 70 different places out there right um because people can choose their pick their own flavor where they want to find us yeah but yeah um so we got kind of a two-prong live streaming approach interactivity interactive approach and then obviously the podcast approach, which I loved about the podcasting over broadcast television is when somebody subscribed to your show, the new episodes would just come right into their computer, feed right into their iPod video oh, or their nice. iPhone, yeah. and they could just take them on the go. And now whenever they walk into a Wi-Fi place, if they're on Wi-Fi and we got a new episode up, it'll bring that new episode right into their phone. 
Nice. So I'm I'm just getting into the podcast thing. Mm-hmm. I'm already on iHeart. Nice. And a, and a couple of other ones, Google. Mm-hmm. And and working on the, the Apple Podcasts and mm-hmm. and all the rest of them. Just getting into it. I might as well do something with these ninety episodes. You know, and and all are your are your episodes are they audio or are they video or is it they're video. video they're video I do a video podcast but you know we can strip the audio and upload the audio only I would recommend looking into a company called Podbean if I were you Podbean Podbean okay you'll love them you'll know you'll find out exactly why okay. basically I'll just give you the hint. They're one of the best companies I found out there for video podcast hosting, and uh, very, very relatively priced. Um, a lot of people can't can't beat or, or compare to their pricing. There's a lot of back end features that help you get listed in a lot of other places. Apple being one of them. All right from there, they have a nice interface. They have back end back end interface. You can basically have your own almost your own website up and running, but not your own website. It's still their platform, but you know, you could take it and embed their player in other places. And okay. I found Podbean has been my go-to for the last. Oh my gosh. What year are we in? We're four years, four, four, four and a half years. But I used to host, with, I used to host with GoDaddy in the past. And they, uh, mm-hmm. after about six times of them slapping me on the wrist for doing over 90 terabytes of data, on wow. a $15 account, 90 terabytes of that. And remember, we were trying to get our shows to be less than 300 megabytes video file. Wow. Yeah, 900 terabytes, uh, 90 terabytes, 90 to 120 terabytes a month, a month. Ah. Yeah, they didn't like that too wait, much. Wait, so. say the name one more time. Podcast uh, Bean, pod, you said? Podbean, Podbean. Podbean, Jason, Podbean. Jason, are you still listening? <laughs> Podbean, write Podbean, that down. Yeah, especially if you're doing video podcasts, it's kind of yeah. the way to go. Um, very, very awesome, very supportive team over there. I got a lot of tips and tricks I could give people over the years. I've been doing podcasting for 17 years now. Oh, nice. So, yeah, we were one of the first video podcasts in the iTunes store. So, um, like I said, podcasting is a huge backbone support. Our website is run uh, off of podcasting, basically, to feed in our, our shows. Um, it's really awesome stuff, but you know, you got a good thing going 90 episodes, Yeah, 90 episodes. And you know, that is a feat in itself because, um, you know, we we're talking a little bit pre-show and, you know, I used to come pre 2020, a lot of people, you know, they weren't into this podcast, podcasting and live streaming were kind of a, a niche kind of thing. And there, were, there yeah. were lots of people doing it, but not a lot of people doing it. Once 2020 hit and I call 2020 the look at me year. Every DJ I knew in the world jumped online. Can you believe that? Every one of them jumped Everyone on. Everyone. <laughs> and then podcasting doubled, if not tripled, yeah. in numbers of people saying, I got an idea. I want to talk on a microphone. I'm stuck at home. I'm doing Zoom meetings. Why can't I do a podcast and talk to my camera at home and do a podcast series? I gave out so much advice in the first half of 2020 mm. that I kind of started saying, hey, if you're really serious about this, when you get to a hundred episodes, now I know you're you're kind of serious about. Now it. you're serious, um, yeah. You know, because, I, I have no problem helping people out. But, right. Yeah. You know, I want to make sure that now, Darren, how many of those millions of people are still left? Exactly. Now that the world kind of opened back up. 
and that was my saying in early 2020 <laughs> when people are asking me, oh, what do you think is going to happen? And I'm like, you're going to see a 60 to 80 percent rise in creator content. You're going to see a 60 to 80 percent rise in creator in, in, in content consumption. People watching yeah. this stuff because we're all stuck at home. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> well, we're not stuck at home anymore. What do you think we're going to want to do? We're going to want to get back outside, right? Limit that to maybe one or two movies a day or binge watch a couple shows, not all day long. In the not the whole season, the whole season right there, you know, and so um, you saw that coming. I, I did see that coming. But, you know, again, it is no small feat to get your first 100 episodes through the door. Uh, and right. you've only been doing this for how long now? I've been, I actually started June of 2020. Okay. Yeah. Right in the middle of it all. So right in the middle and just about you're hitting that two year mark, you know, consistently producing an episode a week. That's, that's the biggest thing. When people ask me what advice uh, could I give them is say, one of the things I say is be consistent. Yes. If you have your audience, you know, you know, they know. And uh, I think Jason, we're gonna say it again: Pod Bean, Pod Bean, Pod Bean. <laughs> yeah, I missed that. <laughs> but you know, be consistent in what you're doing, and that's the one thing that keep it up. So, tell me about some of the guests that you had on your show. Who is one of the most? Some of them you, you may know. Of Na- are, are you familiar with Nasty Ness and and <laughs> definitely GMS? know Ness. Yeah, yeah. I grew up. I, I got I to up interview on them. Ness, listen to Ness. I actually, yeah. I actually interviewed Ness at KEX at KCMU when it was at the University of Washington back in. Gosh, was I even twenty one yet? I might have been twenty years old. I think I might have been 20 or 20 years old. We uh-huh. were in the studio with Ness. There's actually footage of me online with the Cool Out Network nice. interviewing Ness. Yeah, way back in the day. Oh, gosh. Oh, yeah. I got to interview him. I, I did I did a couple of West Coast people. Mm-hmm. Um, Grand Mixer DXT, which okay. a lot of people may know from that, that song Rocket. He He's one of them pioneers that helped hip-hop get out in the world. Mm-hmm. Um and a lot of local DJs. I wasn't really concentrating on your your big name people mm-hmm. because when you know when you're first starting, nobody wants to mess with you. I don't. I, I'm not sure how many episodes you have right now, <laughs> but at the beginning, if you don't know people like that, hmm. it's it's very funny how we took it. My DJ show, the DJ sessions, was supposed to start out with interviewing the DJ for about three to four or five minutes. We start this on Wednesdays. They'd play a set and then they do a post interview, rinse, wash, repeat for the next four out for the next three hours. It'd be a four hour, four hour series. But I also was coming right out of a broadcast television series that I produced launched to NBC here in Seattle. Okay. And I'd gone out to Miami and a friend of mine connected me with some very large names out there. When I, with a with a PR agent that represented some very large. You had a hookup. <laughs> I had a hookup, and so I did these interviews with these names. Well, later that year, when I had started the DJ sessions, one of those artists by the name of Dave Dresden, huge, 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 phenomenal artist, had a huge career. By Gabriel and Dresden, he he was coming to Seattle, and I just said, "Hey, we're doing this new live streaming thing. Do you think it'd be cool if Dave came by and came by the studio and did an interview and?" I went for broke and said, and played a set. <laughs> the, the, the studio was in my bedroom. My bed was a foot and a half away from the from the DJ booth. And Dave, he said, yes, Dave, I'd love like, to come yeah. by into the show. 
<laughs> right there. And I was featuring locals for about two months before this. And Dave Dresden came over and said, I'm watching. I go, okay, I'm on to something here. Yeah. So it really just comes down to, you're right, when do you hit that point of where you feel you want to reach out to somebody who might just be a C level or a B level? Right. And how do I connect with that A level uh, persona? And I'll tell you, you know, most artists are pretty cool. I mean, obviously, if you have to run through a gatekeeper, yeah. You know, if you have to run through a PR company, they might say, okay, what's your reach? What's your viewer? And it did to do. But nowadays, when you look at it on the internet, and if you can get your name connected to something on the internet, it helps no matter what. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, of course they might vet it. You look like you've got a good production setup behind you. I don't know if that, is that a green screen or is there some LEDs behind you? No, it's some LEDs. Oh, right, some LEDs. That's what right that on like, the floor. Yeah, they the look wall. great. No, it looks great. It looks great. <laughs> I couldn't tell if it was green screen or not, you know, and, and they, they can see the production level of your show. They might want to know who you've had on the show in the past, but, the saying for me, and it always has been when doing this type of stuff, you miss 100% of the shots you never take. Yeah. You know, and so you kind of just go for broke. And, and, and it was a few uh, months ago that we ramped up our outreach from 40 contacts a week, 40 requests a week to 300 requests a week. Wow. Yeah. And, and you know, we looked at it as kind of it's a numbers game. Well, uh, we've been doing this for a while. And I, I, this is like kind of one of my full-time jobs. Yeah. So I've, I've had to set my schedule so I don't burn out. But I actually did in one month, I think a few months back, I did 56 interviews in one month, 47 interviews the next month. Wow. Now we're set on a pattern to be doing about 30 to 40 interviews a month. Um, and they're all going to be live? All of, them gonna, oh, all of them live. Oh, all of them live, and then edited. Dope. Yeah, and our our mechanism had to be put into place so that we could edit them uh, the same day. Get them over to my team that can then publish them and get them up to the different places. So it's just been a work in process. But I was doing a lot of this on my own for up until almost last year. I had one assistant that I brought on in 2020 that was doing interview outreach for me so he was trying to get me booked on other shows okay and it wasn't until well, i got well, you own. definitely got to come to the DC yeah interview. i would love to be on your show <laughs> and uh you know it just it's just a growing process and you know there's a lot of tools and a lot of resources out there but don't be afraid to knock on those doors and ask people to to, to come on board especially if you see a, a show one way i would here's my advice is if there's a dj that's opening for a bigger dj yeah get that dj on your show and then see if you can't get to the show and hey, who's the contact here? Who's the promoter? Um, the promoter right. usually, I found out the promoter usually doesn't have control over the press for the artists though. Um, it's better just to go to the press directly. And now that it used to be a website and the gatekeeper PR, most of these artists, they manage their own Instagram, their own TikTok, their own Facebook, their own Twitter. Hit them up on the back end and set a PM and be like, Yo, you're coming to town. Would love to do an interview with you before the show to talk about it, to promote it to my audience because I'm a local guy. We'll be talking to you on this local show. And then be like, hey, if it helps to get more people to the show and sell more tickets, I'm all for it. Yeah. So, you know, you never know. You, you also you never know, and and you absolutely right. One of the one of the guys here, DJ Howie Howie V, Howie B, Howie D. Ooh. Let me get that right. Oh. He he um, I interviewed him through another 
DJ, who's a bigger person, DJ Lady D. Wells. Mm -hmm. he, she's a, a, a bigger known person in the New York area. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I reached out to her and was like, you know, could, can you do some referrals? And it just snowballed. So, yes, you're absolutely right. Jason... Jason is in the Seattle area. I don't know. Jason's how far. in Lakewood. <laughs> Just uh, I know where Lakewood is, Jason. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. You know, um, I appreciate it. Tight interview. Thank you. Um, yeah. And yeah, I would love to have be on mastering your media the, the series as well. You know, this is networking. oh yeah, that, that's that's me and Jason's to... other oh, that's, show. That's another that, show you do. Okay, yeah. well, let's get me on we, both we do, shows. I do about three. Yeah, we'll get you on both. Cause... Yeah. You know, and and that's just you know I I've, I've given I do consultation and in, 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 in helping people grow is is kind of one of my mantras as well. Uh, pre twenty twenty, it was ninety eight percent of the information I'll give away for free. After twenty twenty, when everyone wanted to start becoming my competitor, right. I started saying ninety seven percent of the information I'll give away for free. <laughs> Y'all gonna start paying me if you want to be my competitor for now. Real, you know. But no, it's it's a fun thing, and you know. Um, Sounds like you're, you know, you have a passion for the game, and, and you you want to stay in touch. And you want to share other people's stories, and like you said, before you get to know them. That was one of the premises of our show originally: is finding DJs before they became really big, and yeah. we were the first ones to talk to them. You now, know, now Darren, the the yeah. DJs that I interview, they range from being well known mm -hmm. to your local DJ that have been doing it for forty years. Yeah. And and nobody knows them outside of their little area. Not even like in the New York, they go by boroughs. Yeah, boroughs. Like the yeah. Bronx, Bronx, Brooklyn, Queens, Manhattan, Staten Island. So you got a DJ from the Bronx, and they don't know nobody in the next borough, or that person has never heard of them. Yep. And I wanted to bring this thing just, you know, close. Now this idea came in 2013 about the dj interview i wrote it all out i got logos in the whole nine and let it sit on the shelf for seven years <laughs> seven years <laughs> and you then know, this virus came out and it, it just happened i'm like wow i could start this because djs ain't doing nothing right now so i'll be able to get them <laughs> the one thing that, that's amazing too is you got to remember your reach for your show it's not just local either it can go international I mean, it we, has. Have, we have audiences in indonesia we have in, audiences in, in in africa we got in, audiences in greece you yeah. know in australia you know all over the world that watch us and tune in you know and it's just it's it's kind of that amazing phenomenon and that's why i abandoned the broadcast television go after and become a tv star model Right, I almost become an internet star, an internet brand um, ah, model because D DJ Level Kev, I interviewed him yesterday. <laughs> hey, great interview, awesome. <laughs> you know, and and the thing is, is that you know you can make your show as serious as you want it. You can make it as mm -hmm. fun as you want it. Um, but the thing is, just make sure you have fun with it. You know, is kind of the whole 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 background. Oh yeah, but oh, um. Yeah. If you could have a dream guest on your series, oh, that's be? hard. That's hard because <laughs> I got like fifty dream guests. I know, I know, I, I know. I, 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 ah. I yeah. 
I'm only I'd asking love, you that question. I'd love to talk yeah. to to Jazzy Jeff. Jazzy Jeff. Yeah. I'd love to talk to him just to you know chop it up. And my my interview style is similar like yours. Mm-hmm. We we just having a conversation. And I love that aspect and to have a conversation with that type of status. But we also have um, cool DJ Red Alert. He's got almost 50 years of stories. We'd have to do a 10 part series on him because <laughs> he's got so much <laughs> you know, yeah. content. Yeah, ah. it's it is difficult with these larger name DJs to know where to go. Yeah, people where to, where to talk when they have such a lengthy career, you know. Um, usually, I try to keep more current events for myself, but we'll talk about some past stuff. Yeah. Um, but I was talking with the uh, chemist uh, earlier this year. Oh, year. another one. And, Would love to talk yeah, to that dude. And, and man, I, I just I, I I was in the middle of it. I'm like, where do I start? Where do I begin? <laughs> I had my questions, but he's like, man, dropping stuff. He's going all the way back, like 30 years, and I'm like. Wow, I wasn't prepared for that. Okay, uh. let's, let's move forward. But, you know, it can be some fun stuff. But uh, mm. everyone always, when they ask me who I want to get is, I, I'm I trying was to, about still, to ask. still trying to work to get Carl Cox on the show. Okay, Carl not Cox. familiar with the name. Pretty, pretty big, pretty, pretty prominent world of renowned DJ. Um, like, he is the man when, when it comes to, like, electronic music doing electronic okay. music, pioneering electronic music and being out there. Yeah, Carl's pretty big. Um, we're still working on the bigger names. We still are working on the bigger names ourselves. You know, it's always a thing. And you might get them once, but then another year later, they're like, sorry, I'm too busy. You know, yeah. come on, I got too much going on. It's like, dang, but at least I got them one time, you know? Yeah, um, and, and you could brag about it. And you got it on video. Yeah, exactly. And I used to, I, I was just thinking recently, I don't know if you do this with your shows, do you have people do the shout outs like, hi, I'm Darren, and you're watching the DJ interview? No, I don't. Right? I'd be so wrapped up in the interview and getting their story, I'd never even ask. But yeah. thank you, because I'm going to start asking. It's that's what's that? Is that the radio plug? What's that? Called? There's a name for that. A drop. A drop. Yeah, drop, 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 drop. Yeah, so I used, I, I was thinking about doing that recently, but then I'm always thinking, well, I already had him in the interview for like an hour. So do I really need to get the drop when I'm sitting here talking to him? And one of the things yeah. we're looking to get back to as well is the in-person interview. Yeah. You know, two, two and a half years ago, people were not really ready for Zoom or live streaming interviews. Their background wouldn't be set up. They, they'd be all jittery from the phone. Now everyone knows, set up the green screen, set up your backdrop, get better lighting, make sure your microphone works. You know, and they're they're ready for it now. And I thought that was very advantageous for people who were starting out. Right. We're all at this, they're all at the same level. Or for people who have been doing it for a while. And I'm like, oh, God, it looks like crap. Oh, I know. What do I do? And it sounds like people, crap. What do I do? I get people tell me that there's like, why you look like HD and your host look like a, a recopied VHS tape? <laughs> yeah. I mean, hey, we were talking, yeah, we were talking about the technology before, just switching yes. over from Zoom to Restream. You see the blue outline yeah. that I have. I'm, that's not mm-hmm. my technology. I can have a 4K camera, lights camera. I got lights camera action here. Right. I can have a, the highest grade camera, but it's their green screen, blue screen, alpha key, chroma key technology. Mm-hmm. It's kind of making it all like 
power in your background. Yeah, power in my background. So hopefully they. Can. It's funny. I just happen to have the lights the same hue as as this interview yeah, area. I, I love it. I love it. <laughs> I, I will be getting a new upgraded studio here soon. But we have our mobile studio. We're going back out on the road here in October. So nice. I'm, I'm excited just to be back on the red carpet again. As, as we have some really prominent things we're going to be doing, and that's another thing. Get out to those events and grab a little camera. Um, you don't got to spend a lot of money to get a big bang for your buck and come back and nope. you could be doing a segment right here. And I, I can click segments and I could add a add a source and add a video in right now. Say, let's check out that video right now. I can do yep. that with OBS. Um, you know, in in the live say, this was me on the street. Boom! To take that segment yep. and run it for fifteen minutes, have a cup of water, a beer, glass of wine, whatever it is. Come yep. back and boom! It's right back to the interview and. My live streaming audience is like, whoa, what just happened there? And we're live producing um, something that I just people. Heard. A lot of people still don't understand what this is. And, and when I explain it to them, it's like, OK, I have to break it down. You ever watch CNN and, and see all the, the people in the corner and, the, and the, the lower thirds and all of that? I said, that's what I do. <laughs> that person in the background. Because I also produce other shows, too, as opposed to my show and, and me and Jason's show. Yeah, it's, oh. it's, it wasn't up until 2020 when I would have the conversation with people. i say, I do a live streaming DJ show. We, we put DJs on and stream them live. And they go, <laughs> why would anyone want to watch that? It's, it's, I, wouldn't I go to a nightclub if I want to watch a DJ play? I go, have you ever listened to the radio before? <laughs> Okay. Oh, it's like that. Yeah, it's like that. <laughs> but but visual. Video. You can well, why would I want to do that? I don't know. Maybe because they might be dancing funny or doing something. And you can interact with them and talk with them when the show is live, too. Well, that sounds good. And then I go, well, where do I find it? I go, well, we're on this place called Twitch. This is 2018. Now, we're on this thing called Twitch. Right. And they go, what's that? What's Twitch? <laughs> I go, okay, well, you know this company, you know this thing called YouTube that's owned by Google? There's this thing called Twitch, which is pretty much run by Amazon. Oh, wow. They must be pretty big. How come I've never heard of them? Because you don't get online because you don't want to you don't DJs get online, online long enough. Long enough to know. And then after 2020, everyone's like, oh, wow, live streaming DJ show on Twitch. Wow, it's, I've seen those. I've watched those. My friends do this. I watch music. My friends watch music. We all do this. So. It was really cool. Uh, take a question from Jason here. Jason is asking, what's been the toughest time you've had with getting releases for your broadcast on location? Um, when I go on location, if I'm outside of the location, I don't need location releases. If I'm inside the location, it's usually just talking to the ownership or management right. of, of, of getting that release uh, and also making sure you're posting releases on every door saying live television show in taping and I used to have to do this for years when I go do nightclub tapings and put up that there is a live television show taping by entering the premises you are giving us rights to film you will it hold up in court yeah, yeah but yeah, people know. I don't know I mean <laughs> honestly every one of my DJs that is a resident DJ on my show they sign a um, personal release form mm -hmm. to come on and uh, you know now is that you know what? No more, no more questions for him, Jason. Wait till he come on our show. Because <laughs> <laughs> I was about to go in interview mode. <laughs> We're gonna flip no the script. No more. 
No, but yeah, I'd be more than happy to answer. But you know, basically, it's it's, um, you know, just making sure everyone's clear and and will a verbal agreement from somebody to somebody saying, hey, would you like to do this interview or an email saying, would you like to do this interview? And that person says, yes, I would. You're now giving them a release. You're saying, I am coming to perform. Now, of course, I don't go out and do some, you know, Larry Flynn stuff, you know, right. anyone, you know and do some crazy stuff like that. For, I try to keep it respectful. I mean, I've only had, <laughs> I think I've only had, even with my frenemies, I should say now are my ardent fans, which I have switched. I, I don't negatively say enemies. I say my ardent fans, the ones who love me the most, who can't <laughs> stop talking about me the most out there. And even they have not come to me and asked me to pull down their, their episodes. Yeah. They've been on my show in the past when we were friends. I've only had one, two people that I can really recall that ever asked me to pull down the episodes. And one DJ didn't like his mix. Mm. I'm like, not really, dude, because it's a live show. It wasn't <laughs> a bad mix. He didn't train wreck too bad. But the other one was this, this girl, and she didn't like the way the lighting was on her or something. She wanted me to pull it down. And I finally mm. just said, whatever. I just wasn't going to deal with it. But after doing this for so long, if you're coming on a show, you know you're going to be on a show. You kind of know you're already kind of given release. Right. You know, I, I've never had anyone say, can I see the interview before you? I, once out of t over 2,300 episodes that we've done for the DJ sessions, mm -hmm. I think I've had one person say, can I see wait, wait, the wait, interview? Wait, 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 wait. Say that number again? 2,300. I got some catching up to do. <laughs> actually, <laughs> actually, hang on a second here. I'll get you the accurate yeah, numbers right I'll now. The accurate number. Because we have, we got about five episodes to upload to the site right now, which will put us at... 2,305? Uh, no. <laughs> it should put us at... Oh, come on, load here. Where are you at? Mm, mm. Where's the counter? Mm. Oh, there's my counter. Uh, put me 2,300, probably 2,385 episodes. Nice. Yeah. Now that is a very that that can be very confusing though to some people, and I'll tell you why. See, when you do an episode, you'll do an interview, one episode. Like you and I doing this right now, that's going to be one episode. Right. One. But when we were doing the DJ sessions and we filmed for four hours, and I had four DJs on in those four hours, each one of those four, were four separate, separate shows. Yeah. So then we started getting using a silent disco or silent concert technology, and I could film three DJs, three DJ booths at the same time for four hours, giving me 12 episodes. Nice. You know, but I, I just, so I increased my DJ time for all DJs. They now play for two hour sets. So now one episode would be a two hour long DJ set or a one hour interview with you. And so okay. here's my street corner, third in crime. <laughs> yeah, here we go. One. <laughs> Two, yeah, like three going down. How many? How many? How many cops does it take to bust somebody in Seattle? Three <laughs> cops going down Third Avenue today. Probably pick a fourth one up here in a, in a moment. I live on literally. Okay, if there was the equivalent of living in Times Square, uh. and taking the analogy of here's Times Square, New York, Manhattan, mm -hmm. and here's downtown Seattle, and here's our shopping district, Times Square area. I live on the corner of Times Square. <laughs> the penthouse unit, Times Square, on the sixth floor. Short little building, uh, but on the penthouse of Times Square. And wow. this street corner was known as the – we're going to digress for a minute. It was known for years, ever since I was a kid, as the worst street corner in downtown Seattle. Third in crime, a.k.a. The Blade, 
AKA I came and named it. It's third and pine. I came and named it third and crime. I'd made a website for it, put live streaming cameras out there, put a police scanner on it. So if anything went down, I would have news stories before breaking news stories. Before breaking. Happened, I'd be out there with my phone up top with a thousand views watching on Facebook. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. I've been oh, up here. I love you. A, love that you're a techie. Oh yeah. man, that's good. Oh. I'm actually in school right now, going to film school. Nice. Look, looking nice. to be a little better in the craft and and really getting into the the documentary style of filming mm -hmm. because mm -hmm. there's a lot of stories, like you just said. That that area is a story, mm -hmm. and and a lot of people, you know, now now yeah. I know about it. <laughs> I think I've been on the evening news like three, three or four times. Mm. I get down there whenever they see the news crews, I'll run down and be like, "Okay, what, what, what happened? What do you guys want to talk about? I'll talk to you. I'll be on the news." And, uh, you you ain't got your hair net and and in your no. slippers, right? No, no, I actually have wore my slippers down. I wore my pajamas down before. I was walking to go to the store to get something. Like, oh hey, and I actually made a good press contact. I've been like. Hey, AJ, you're back here doing a story? Cool, put me on. <laughs> I call because I reported by their first name now. <laughs> but it's been cleaned up since then. It's not as bad. Right. I mean, okay. Jason knows. Jason should know the area. If he comes to downtown Seattle, he knows the blade. Hmm, but um, that, that's not music news. That's nothing to do with DJs. Yeah, nothing um, to do with us. We, but, we just um, kind of veered. Yeah, see, and that, and here comes the fire. And they use Third Avenue as the thoroughfare because First Avenue you can't go down, Second Avenue is one way, Third Avenue is both ways, mm. and then Fourth Avenue is one way, Fifth Avenue is one way. So they can't use those ways to get up and down. They have to use Third Avenue. So it's constantly down our street right by here. Like, okay. Jason, Jason though, he laughing. Dapping his ass off. <laughs> So anyways, anyways, back to the music, back to the grind. Um, you know, um, what if where would you like to see if you could if you could invent yourself, where would you like to see the DJ interview in five years? I'd love the DJ interview to be a, a worldwide worldwide event where DJs can just come on live in a studio and and do their thing they get flown down you know i'm going off the deep end now they get flown down there in the green room i got a hotel right there where they can stay at but I, i'd love to see it just grow and and get those bigger name djs also sticking to the roots to the djs that that people don't know mm -hmm. because how are they gonna how, how are people gonna know them if they don't get exposed mm -hmm. you know all the all the main DJs we talked about your Jazzy Jeffs your Nasty Ness and all of them they they get that notoriety that DJ that was out 40 40 years in in a little area say you know Tacoma and just that area, nobody else knows them outside of Tacoma. And Jason lives in, what did he say, Lake Ridge? Lakewood. Lakewood. Lake mm -hmm. And nobody knows him there or her. I, I just want this thing to, to grow. And I'm going to keep doing it while I'm having fun at it. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, that's. I think that's always at the core from my first broadcast series phantasmagoria 
where we showed short films by local independent producers on broadcast television, we could take that that film. I actually was the first film to go on my first show because I realized I made this short film while I was in college and um, I was going to go screen it at a theater. Right. And I thought, how many people am I going to really get to screen this, see this film? You know, a hundred? In, a the, in the theater, in and the local no, theater. Was, and there was no, there was no, there was no, uh, social media at the time mm -hmm. so it wasn't like i had five thousand friends on facebook and go check out come check out my film so i had this idea for the television show i'd been working on in the back end before all this and i said what if i put my show on broadcast television and then i i go well that would put me in front of at least thirteen thousand people because that's how many people were watching tv at, on that on channel uh, uh kcbq 13 here in seattle at 1 30 wow. in the morning Okay. And then I said, well, that takes care of episode one. What am I going to do for the next 12? <laughs> <laughs> and so I went around and started finding other short filmmakers and, 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 and pitching the idea like your short film is going to be played on this broadcast television show in right. front of thousands of people. And we barely had a, the, you can go back to the Wayback Machine and look up the Phantasmagoria spelt with a T, dot TV. And see our first ever, the first ever website I had in 2001 or maybe 2002. Wow. Talking about our broadcast series on, on Fox here in Seattle. Mm. And, and later on, we revamped the brand because we came out with Image Nightlife and Northwest Extreme Sports. But we revamped the entire brand to ITV. And how we came up with ITV was our focal point was featuring independent artists and businesses. It was about nice. a way to give the little guy from the street who does not get media attention like the national yeah. stories and give them some publicity throughout the region. You know, all of Western Washington, King 5, or the Q13, the stations go from border to border, pretty, pretty right. far in that area, you know, over like two, 2 million homes, uh, even though we were only nice. going to be seen by thirteen to 15,000. But we always right. climbed up to the top of the, the Nielsen ratings when we aired our shows. But um, – Again, once I came back to podcasting, that really opens it up to the world. And when we were one of the first video podcasts in the iTunes store, when they launched the video podcast section, when the right. video iPod came out. So that opened it up. Everyone was saying, yeah. we're going to download content and get on our video iPod. The TV stations hadn't even re released their stuff yet. So it's like video. And we, yeah, it's, it's that international appeal is what you can do with a podcast of taking somebody that's totally hyper local. Yeah. But somebody in Germany could be watching them. Mm -hmm. Somebody in Australia could be watching them. That was such more of a massive and for a much lower cost. Yeah. And than what it would cost the air shows on broadcast television, plus the marketing, plus the production cost, plus all that stuff. Yeah. It was oh wow, we got instant distribution and that video lives there forever. It doesn't forever. go on once and go away. Yeah. So it's amazing to see, you know, obviously we've seen the shift in, in T V go to Hulu and Netflix and and on you know all that on demand mm -hmm. even live streaming. Um, you wonder how long TV is really going to stay around for. Yeah, it, it it's crazy because I I probably watch one show. I like that show, The Rookie, and that's probably all I watch on TV on regular TV because mm -hmm. I don't like commercials. I got the YouTube. I actually pay for youtube so i don't get all the commercials instead of waiting the three or four seconds which takes forever for me 
so I pay so I don't see no commercials and you can watch anything on there they got movies they got I'm a big kung fu fan so they got all my karate movies with the nice. with the Wu-Tang and all that ah oh. so yeah, yeah I don't know how long they how much longer they are gonna be viable yeah I mean because the, the money's just dried up from it yeah I mean it, it's you can put the shows on 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 demand and that's that's great but the thing is the on demand I mean that came out when the Comcast boxes came out you could record your shows and have them yeah um, yeah it, Jason you're absolutely right what we can do yeah. now I, I talked with this with my my friend Giorgio Brown who I started in the industry with in 92 mm. you know he's like you know I had to take the VHS I mean I was right there with him he'd have to take the VHS camera out to the nightclub then we could go to the public access studio we got one hour to edit on the edit machines of the public access studio mm. and he'd get his 30 minutes or one hour a week to put the episode on. And it was in 95 when I introduced him to a friend of mine and got him his own kind of editing studio at home. Live, it was actually a full live streaming editing studio. We could go to an event and multi-cam live at the event, but he could also come back home and live edit back at home with one v one tape in this VCR and one tape in this VCR. And while it's playing, he could switch them over using oh, the live editing that's dope. and then yeah. go back and forth and make the episodes, you know, to cut them down. But it was painstaking. And I was stuck in that model up until, like I said, about 2005. I'd get all this footage, but I have a 30-minute block that I can mm. put on broadcast television. So it trained me to go in and get what I like to call a one-to-one. -one. I'm pretty much at a one-to-two. When right. I shoot... You know that one minute I'm shooting, I'm probably going to give a 15-second handle on each end, and that 30 seconds in between is going to be the shot that I want. If I need <laughs> 10 shots to make a three-minute segment, yep. I'm going to go out and I'm going to do 10 shots, maybe 12, right. maybe 15 shots. Come back, I know I got the good footage. Rather than just shooting for two hours and then come back and try to pull the good pieces in of what I saw. Nice. And that's just, that's just definitely a – that's just definitely a pre-production thing to, to know going in. Something you you maybe I don't know if you've gone over this with you in, in film school, but most people shoot at a one to eight. You know, eight minutes of footage for one good minute of footage. You know, but if you go in and you go, this is what I want to cover. I'm we ain't, we ain't got that far this. yet, but this is good education for me. <laughs> yeah, it, we, it we need to talk about this offline too, because. <laughs> Absolutely, I'm, I'm really yeah. get. I'm really getting into this thing. <laughs> yeah, it, it trains it, you, you that way. Yeah, Jason. The difficult <laughs> thing. The difficult thing is that I see a lot of independent producers do is they fall in love with their footage. They don't yeah. standardize. They don't set a bar that says I I'm allowed to be lazy now. I put in my dues. I can get a little lazy, a little funky with stuff. And I'm like, okay, cool. You know, it's a lot. That's what I love about live shows. Anything goes. If my green screen falls down behind me in the show, I'm not editing it out. I'm like, oops, it fell down. I guess we're just yeah, going to Yeah, that's it. Going. That's what I love you know? about live. You know, Whatever you okay. get, you get. Yeah, what you see is what you get, and mm -hmm. that's it, and it's done. It's in the can. It's ready to go. Just churn it and push it out. Keep this exactly. mechanism going um, because, in a sense, I have audience members to feed. And if I wait a week, in my mind, if I wait a week for an episode to come out, they got many other channels and many other things they can find to start doing with their life. But if I'm going, here's two, three episodes a day, every day. Mm. And then like a recap is what our new new format will be. It'll be interviews during the week and then a whole recap of all the interviews that happen during the week wow. on Fridays. 
Yeah. I usually take Saturdays and Sundays off now. I have a schedule so I can I, I seen when when you <laughs> sent me your your uh calendar. No Saturday, you know, no Sunday. No I don't Saturday, even think no you Sunday. did Fridays. <laughs> no, Fridays cuz that's when we do our mobile well the thing is our events that we do our mobile sessions are on Fridays, our mobile sessions are on Saturdays and our silent concert events are supposed to be on Sundays. So that's a time when I can't I have to be out in the field putting these events. That's 8 hours a day. Yeah. Know? Getting up, getting ready, getting gear out there, getting up, setting up, doing the show for four hours, break down, get back home. That's a whole eight-hour block. For I can't real. be doing it unless the people are coming out on site and I'm doing interviews with them on site. But I don't even want to do that. My mind's already worrying about live streaming and production. <laughs> Trust me, it's very easy to burn out in this game. Oh, yeah. Very, very easy. To That's why in. I said you got to take that hiatus when mm -hmm. sometime you do. I know I had to because it was just way too much, and and I'm only talking about one interview, and you talking about fifteen hundred in three days. <laughs> no, I don't do fifteen hundred interviews in three days. No, no, not fifteen hundred days. Although I am headed off to a conference here, where I'm probably going to be doing. Uh, we're anticipating up into twenty to twenty five interviews a day, for seven days. Whew. Wait. Yeah, maybe even maybe even more than that. But they're going to be shorter interviews. We'll probably do like 15, 20 minute pieces as yeah. opposed to an hour long interview. I'll lose my voice after three days. For real. <laughs> when I first started, that's what happened to me. Because when I first started in, in uh, June of 2020, the DJ interview, I I did 30. June June is national music and and music month and dj yep. month so i did 30 straight djs by day two my <laughs> voice was crackling and i had one of my friends he's a professional speaker he was like don't stop talking because <laughs> i'm like I, I didn't want to say nothing else and i still had 28 more people to deal with oh, and then uh grand mix of dxt who I told you he was actually day 30 we spent three hours and 50 something minutes to I lost my voice oh my gosh that was that, like the, the the finale of that and then I took a two-week break yeah. and then I started again yeah that's why I, I know now who we take a break in between yeah. stay hydrated keep those throw lodges next next to you mm -hmm. you know especially out there on the red carpet yeah, keep going but um you know harry is there anything you'd like to let our dj sessions fans know about your series before we let you go yeah the dj interview is looking for you okay <laughs> Those djs who who are and and you can get with me with this some people are scared of the camera don't be this thing is is nothing <laughs> Yep. I want you I want you guys to come on and tell your story, especially the ones that that's getting into the DJ business and the ones that's been a veteran for some years. You know, tell your story. Yeah, it's it's when you say uh camera shy, I remember when we first started the show and the first DJs I would get on, they were not used to being in front of the camera. I've been playing right. with video cameras since I was six years old. 
literally 42 years I've been playing with video cameras. Mm -hmm. So I, I, I wasn't ever camera shot. I just never wanted mm -hmm. to be in front of the camera. I wanted to be behind the camera right. doing the shooting or the executive producing. But you get these DJs on and be like, so tell us about what you got coming up this weekend. I got a show. <laughs> yeah. Okay, when's the show going to be? Oh, I man, I, I get that. Okay, who else is playing with you? So, so. You got to pull teeth. And I'm like, you got to okay. pull teeth. Well, I'm like, okay. But Can after you like, a little more long winded. After, after about the you know, sixth or seventh time of them coming on the show, they finally got it. They go back and they watch it and they go, wow, I really didn't say much. I go, no, you didn't. Come on, bring it up a little bit more here. And uh, then they started getting it. But uh, where's the best place people can go to find out information about what you're doing, what's going on? Best, best place to go to. One of the places you can go is Instagram uh, at the DJ interview. You can find me all over Twitter, Facebook, either Harry the Big Dog or the DJ interview. And, and you'll find me and, and we'll get this thing going. Darren, we're going to reach out to you for, for our other two shows with the DJ interview and our other Mastering Your Media show. And this this has been dope, bro. I mean, the time went fast. <laughs> it does. It does go really fast. You know, sometimes I'm sitting there and I'm in an interview and I'm 17 minutes in and I'm already seven questions out of my 15 down. I'm like, <laughs> oh, crap. This is going, oh, no. But then something just starts clicking and it starts to roll and, you know, it starts to go. And, you know, um, but... You know, I want to say thank you for coming on the DJ sessions. I want to give a shout out to Jason in the chat room. I'm going to give Kev Norman a shout out as well. Um, Howie, thank you for tuning in. Um, I really appreciate y'all watching. And, um, you know, obviously you're following the DJ interview. You're following Harry, but also follow the DJ sessions as well. So uh, don't forget to go to our website, thedjsessions.com. Find us on Twitch, Facebook. Twitter, TikTok, Meta, uh, find us on, uh, actually, we now have Roku, Amazon Fire, Google Play, soon to be Apple TV. Check out our VR nightclubs in Altspace. They're actually in soft launch right now, but getting ready to grand open here soon. Oh, yes. But everything is at That's our- That's something else we got to talk about, the VR stuff. Uh, VR is oh, awesome. Man. That's the next bastion. That's the next yes. thing. Yes. The next branding been... opportunity. I think if people get on now, they can really start building an awesome audience there with yep. the people that are going there and then become bigger within vr which would help their outside podcasting or social brands yep. as well again we'll we'll talk about that when we're flipping when we're flipping it around when i'm <laughs> on your shows but uh basically yeah everything at our website the djsessions.com this is darren that's harry the big dog coming to you from st louis i'm coming from the virtual studios in seattle washington for the dj sessions and remember on the dj sessions the music never stops.